Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. So what are you supposed to do between each Engadget podcast? Wait in silence? I'm Matt Smith, and every morning I walk through the day's biggest tech stories. It's short, relevant, and ready for listening whenever you wake up. Find Engadget Morning Edition wherever you find your podcasts, or ask your smart speaker for the latest news from Engadget. What's up, Internet, and welcome back to the Engadget Podcast. I'm Senior Editor Devendra Hardawar. I'm Jessica Condit, Senior Editor at Engadget.com. Senior Editor, yeah. Uh, Sherlyn Lowe is not here this week. We have uh, just squirreled her away for a while because it's all video game talk all the time. The Xbox Series X and Series S review embargoes are over, so Jess and I are going to be talking about those consoles also, you know, not much going on in the world otherwise this week, right? So we'll be talking about the election aftermath as well. Um, it is very strange to be diving into next generation hardware while, uh, you know, your democracy is reshaping itself around you. Hey, there's a lot to talk about there. As always, if you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us a review, subscribe anywhere really, but the iTunes reviews are what really matters. You could drop us an email at podcast at engadget.com. Every Thursday, we typically do a live stream around 10 a.m. This week, it's a little later to give some time for Jess because Jess, you're in an earlier time zone. So it, it may change. Keep an eye on our Twitters, but usually around 10 a.m. Eastern. Join us to see the show being made live, and you can also join in on a live Q&A to get your questions answered. It's a fun thing, so try it out if you have any time. Okay, let's start with the Xbox Series X. You know, Microsoft's the most powerful new console. It's 500 bucks. It can do 4K. It could do 4K at 60 FPS. It can even do up to 120 FPS. It's got ray tracing. It's got all the bells and whistles. But Jess, I have to ask, um, what do you think of it overall? I'll give my thoughts in a bit. I am actually forming this opinion live on the spot, but <laughs> I would say my heart says that the Series X is my uh, is my favorite console of the of the next generation. Ooh, uh, I, I, I would see. say, um, especially compared to the Series S, which I reviewed. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I went into this kind of thinking that the all digital consoles were going to be my favorite because I don't need a disc mm-hmm. drive, all this stuff. Um, but yep. the Series X, it, it has the power, it has the storage space, mostly. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it just, it, it looks and sounds good. So, I mean, your review kind of sums it up. This is an apology yeah. for the last generation. <laughs> I think, uh, the first line, like, that's really what I like to start with, with my reviews is just like, get you in the first line. And I feel like this is it, you know, my review starts with, this is, uh, the Xbox series X is an apology for the Xbox one and the Xbox one was not great for Microsoft for a very, very long time. Like, let's not forget, um, that thing launched $100 more than the PlayStation 4. It had the Kinect. They forced the Kinect on you because they were trying to make it like this weird, all-encompassing entertainment device. It was actually slower than the PlayStation 4 too. Like, just kind of on every level, 
it was not a great thing for gamers. And also I remember Microsoft reps were out there just pitching it in the worst way possible. Like, oh, this had to be always online. And oh, you can't, you got to pay a fee to play used games. It was just a lot of like weird anti-consumer stuff uh, in a way to bring the console into this, uh, into the Microsoft Borg. It's sort of like they had a good thing with the 360, then they just ruined it by Microsofting it. And the the Xbox One S and One X kind of changed that a little, but I was surprised because I was looking up sales figures. The PS4 more twice, like sold twice as many units as the Xbox One entire family. The Switch, which was released three, four years after the Xbox One, outsold it by like 20, 25 million too. So Xbox One didn't go so well for Microsoft. Um, I'll say overall, I really like the Series X. I think this is also my favorite new console of this generation. We'll be talking more about the PlayStation 5 next week. Uh, that embargo is not up yet, but we're it's, it's all being worked on, trust me. Um, but I just like this system overall. It's incredibly powerful. It is, I, I've, I'm somebody who's been uh, plugging in my gaming PC into my TV for the past couple of years, just because with the video cards I usually have on hand, I'm getting a much better gaming experience than any game console. And I'm getting not always 4K, but at least 60 FPS, at least high quality graphics. And ray tracing has been a thing I've been enjoying for the past year, thanks to NVIDIA's cards. And I do think the Series X is the closest I've ever seen to a console getting there. And the fact that it's only 500 bucks and has this amount of power makes it a pretty good deal. But yeah, the the Achilles heel that I mentioned in my review is that there just aren't that many great launch games. And that's a shame because you're looking at Sony's camp and they've got Spider-Man Miles Morales. They've got Demon Souls. They've got um, the, Devil May Cry, uh, the Devil May Cry 5 remake, which also has a lot of ray tracing. Sony has always been good at the big games. They're like the games that make you want to buy a system. Whereas right now it seems like the Series X and S are just like, hey, here's a new iPhone. You know, here's a new slight upgrade over what you had before. It'll do your it'll play your old games just fine. And I had a lot of fun revisiting Gears 5 and Forza Horizon 4 and everything. But is that is that console buying stuff? Like, do you need to buy a new console for it right now? Maybe not for everybody. Any thoughts on that, Jess? Um, yeah, I mean. I think with the delays that Microsoft has experienced, yeah. I mean, there's no Halo at a, at launch for this console generation, um, and that's pretty that's pretty remarkable, and that's a big deal mm-hmm. for a lot of mm-hmm. people. Um, you know, just just looking at where the Halo game was or seemed to be, at least, um, I'm glad they're taking the extra time. It sure, didn't quite sure. look like a game I was excited to play yet, so <laughs> hopefully they can fix that. Um, but no, I agree. Like. Obviously, there's Game Pass Ultimate, or you know, you can just mm-hmm. go through the Game Pass library if you have that and uh, play Game all Pass those backward compatible. Yeah, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So there are games, um, but are there launch titles? Are there new games that are going to really yeah. get people excited, like Miles Morales? Not really. Uh, yeah, Not I really. think that's and a factor. Yeah. One thing I will say, like, there are going to be new games from Ubisoft. There's going to be Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Watch Dogs Legion is coming. We didn't have a chance to play with those for the review because Ubisoft would not let us. So that's a thing. There are going to be some new games, but that those are also going to be on the Xbox One. And they're also going to be on PlayStation 4 and PlayStation 5. I'm really talking about like the the really hot stuff, the new stuff that fully takes advantage of this hardware. We're not there yet. Um, even though this GPU in the Series X is more powerful than the PS5, we're not seeing many games actually use ray tracing just yet i know gears 5 does and i played a bit of that it looks fantastic but from when i from what i've read it it uses software ray tracing it doesn't really use the full 
hardware-based ray tracing that's built into the console. And compared to Miles Morales and other games, just look at those demo videos online. Like there's a lot of great ray tracing work being done there. So I don't know. I feel like Microsoft didn't do a great job of convincing developers. The Halo launch, uh, the Halo delay is not great. Um, but there is Game Pass. If you have a large library of Xbox titles, if you're an Xbox gamer, I think my main takeaway is if you somehow lived with the original Xbox One, God bless you, because that machine, that machine was just, yep, yep, Jess is pointing at herself. I, well, that I, machine I is just to the hard PS4. to deal with. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's true. I switched to the PS4 halfway through because yeah, it was not because my favorite. It was, <laughs> it was slow. It was clunky. It was a big box. Uh, I think the Xbox One X you know, mm-hmm. fixed a lot of that. And it was actually more powerful than the PS4 Pro. But again, hundred that thing launched $100 more than the PS4 Pro. It launched a year after the PS4 Pro. It just seems like Sony was more on the ball with the things game, gamers wanted earlier. So they just kind of mm-hmm. lost that whole generation. But and, hey, like... Anything else? Um, I mean, we talked about, is it worth buying? How about the Series S? How does that compare to you, Jess? So the Series S, um, I really I really enjoy it. Uh, like as a physical console, it's very, it's very cute. That's why I say mm-hmm. in my review, it's cute. It's small. Like it's shockingly small yeah. for how much power it has, actually. Um, it's $200 it's nice cheaper. That's nice. $200 yeah. cheaper. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, but storage space is a real issue on this thing. Like it, mm-hmm. when it... Um, it's been like pitched as 500 and I think 12 gigabytes of space. Um, but it actually at launch has like 362 gigabytes. Ooh, That's all man. you have okay. for your games Yeah, and apps. Um, yeah, luckily apps don't take up too much space. They're like a hundred megs or whatever. But, mm-hmm. um, I mean, you download Call of Duty Warzone. That's a hundred something megs or gigs right there. So you already have a third of your space gone, basically. Um, depends on the types of games that you play, but you could really fill this thing up quickly. Um, mm-hmm. Game Pass Ultimate, you know, I got like 13 games on the Series S before it filled up. And that was like mm-hmm. games like Control and also like Iconfell, which is a little less, you know, like these kind of this kind of like mix arcade of games. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're all like backward compatible. So mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> there we go. Um, <laughs> I also did like Forza Horizon 4. Forza looks great. Yep on the new box it really does but yeah i mean games overall they definitely look better on the series x Mm -hmm. they're going to look better on the series x that's just how these consoles are designed that's the power they have um they are in in some cases like for backward compatible games the series s is being upgraded from the xbox one s version of that game Uh So it's actually, right, it's actually going to play like at less than 1080p a lot of the time Uh, or 1080p or less. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you're you're definitely losing some of that next gen sparkle. And I wonder if these (laughs) if these games are going to look, I mean, just not as good at the end of this generation. This box Mm -hmm. is going to be a little like, you know, a half step almost. Um, It does. It does feel like a half step. I'd say, mm-hmm. and it almost feels like a good console for like newbies who want to, hey, these games look cool. I want to assist them. Uh, I'm thinking of people like Sherlyn, who we keep mentioning, you know, are my normal co-host, like she wants a game system. She has a Switch, but she wants kind of something more. I do feel like the S is a good one. And yeah, this thing is aiming at 1440p graphics. So slightly above 1080p, still X, uh, 60 FPS. But, you know, that means if you have a TV that's not that's older than five years, if you have a 1080p set that you don't want to replace, if you have an older 4K TV, you're actually like that's 
you'll be fine with this console because you may not need native 4K rendering and all the fun stuff that the One X or that the Series X has. Storage does seem like the big problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. because if you're, there is an expandable storage drive, it's $220. It plugs right into the back of the consoles. That adds one terabyte. But at that point, if you're looking at the Series S, you you might as well just jump to the Series X and get a terabyte in there already. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you play around like with the normal USB drives, Jess? Because I tried that. Mm-hmm. I actually took the drive that was plugged into my Xbox One X, just threw it over to the Series X. Yeah. It recognized it perfectly. It saw the games that were sitting there. So all, you know, Assassin's Creed um, was the last one, Odyssey was still there. Okay. I could just hop in. You can play older games from external drives. You can store newer Series X and S games on that drive and then bring it back over to internal storage. Um, We didn't talk about load times, but I think that is the Mm. best thing I've noticed. Like these consoles, they don't have spinning hard drives. They have SSDs. And if you've ever taken a laptop and, you know, either swapped out um, an old hard drive with an SSD or moved over to a new laptop with an SSD, that is a you know, that's light years worth of difference. It's just so much faster, right? Yeah, the faster load times, that is just, that feels like what Mm. everyone's been promising us, I guess. Like what all (laughs) these companies have been promising for for a long time is just, yeah, you you plug it in, you play, your games are going. And uh, I, I like on the Series X and the S, like load times for me, I mean, 10 seconds on a lot of games, Mm -hmm. but I mean, the most it would be maybe a minute for something like No Man's Sky. Um, sure, sure. That's 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 like a big world that's loading. Um, oh yeah. But most of the time it's so speedy and it feels it feels so nice. Um, so yeah, that's the, one of the best things. The one that took the longest for me was Red Dead Redemption Two, which mm. always you know on every console that game took forever to load. It took thirty five seconds, but that's a full minute faster than the mm-hmm. Xbox One X took me. So that is the sort of it's not like it's not world changing, but it's a huge difference if you just want to if you have a limited amount of time to play games. I found that really useful. Um, how did you like quick resume, which is the feature that lets you hop between games that are currently running and like immediately just pick up where you left off? I found that super useful as well. I love quick resume. That's actually mm-hmm. my favorite feature, like faster load times. Yeah. yeah, that's great. But I didn't expect to love quick resume as much as I do um, because it's like. <laughs> I forget that it's even active and I'll yeah. I'll jump back into a game that like I don't even remember that I actually had open and it's just ready for me to play. It just goes and Xbox I don't remembers. have to. Yeah, Xbox it's knows. It's so cool. Xbox knows. <laughs> I mean, you can even shut the console down, turn it back on and you'll still have quick resume titles ready to go. Um, You're talking about like I, a full shutdown, not like the standby shut- shutdown, right? No, yeah. no, you could shut it down. You, you could do a yeah. full restart, shut it, go to bed, wake up and it'll still be there. Um, I have mm-hmm. mine in instant on mode. So maybe that has something to do with it. I haven't tried definitely, it in the definitely. low or in the low power mode. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's, it's been awesome. And it's just, it's <laughs> something that you don't expect to like need. I don't flip between a lot of games usually, or at least I didn't think I did, but apparently, yeah, I'm, I'm jumping between <laughs> games like crazy and it's, yeah. it's speedy yeah. and it, it feels really nice. Yeah. It's sort of like gaming at a buffet rather than sitting down and having a giant meal, you know, set right to you. We'll talk more about how the PS5 compares with that next week. Um, But at this point, we don't like I haven't seen Tony talk about any similar features. So 
that seems like a noticeable difference there. It, it is really features like this, quick resume, the faster load times, um, the entire library of Game Pass, which remains an incredible deal. Xbox All Access, you can get these consoles, 25 bucks a month for the Series S, 35 bucks a month with the X. That's a good, like, that's a good deal. That's, I don't know what else to say. Like, if you want, there, there are going to be games there. There just aren't the new games, you know, that I think a lot of people really want. So I don't want to be too facetious here and say Xbox has no games. It's just the new games are kind of lacking. Uh, what do you think about the controller, Jess? Oh, it's an Xbox controller. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's pretty classic. They've added like a share button. The D-pad is a full circle. Um, you know, it has that kind of elite style. Um, and like but, clicky, you know, distinct yeah. uh, directions, right? Which is mm-hmm. super useful. Mm-hmm. Which I really like. I, I get a lot of use out of that. Um, but I mean, Microsoft kind of has had a had a corner on the on the gamepad market for a while. The Elite mm-hmm. remains like the best controller out there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is not an Elite. You know, it definitely feels like the standard Xbox controller. It has that that kind of lightness to it, um, but yep. it still feels solid. Uh, they know what they're doing there. So, but the Rumble, I think, mm-hmm. is slightly stronger. That's the one mm. thing I'll say. Maybe my controllers yeah. are just kind of old at this point, but uh, <laughs> but I felt a little more Rumble. I could see that. And um, like, here's the thing. I'm slightly disappointed by this controller just because I have an Elite. I've had an Elite for years, and that's been mm-hmm. like my go-to controller for Xbox, for PC gaming. Like, it's just fantastic because it just feels so good. I don't want to just say like, man, I wish this was the same as a $150 controller, but I do wish it kind of felt a little better. It does feel, I I don't know, the plasticky part of it Mm -hmm. just really comes across more. um, And it doesn't feel as transformational as the DualSense, which we talked about last week, uh, which, man, that controller is just doing so many new things. Um, Maybe it's because Sony hasn't really shifted from its old controller design that much. It just feels fresh and new, but the haptics are good. The sort of, uh, the ability to tweak the analog triggers, I think are fantastic. Xbox doesn't really have that. It's it's a gamepad, it's a fine gamepad, but I do feel like there could have been more innovation there. Um, I feel like Microsoft spent so much time on the box, making the box super cool. I mean, the Xbox is big, I think the Series S uh, is smaller, so if space is a concern, like that's kind of where you are. But the X- the Xbox Series X is basically a PC tower, and they actually cut uh, the design is such that they basically cut a motherboard in half and stacked it on top of each other. And there's a giant fan up top that is pulling all the air through. It's a really cool design, even though it basically looks like a PC. One other thing I'll note: it's it's dead silent, mm-hmm. like dead silent even when i'm like in gears 5 or in a game that's really pushing the console i cannot hear the series x at all i'm not sure if the s is any different for you jess no the s is really quiet as well i really appreciate that about the x actually because i expected Mm -hmm. it to be loud just by the design you expect that big fan on top to have some kind of noise but it's no it's like a whisper it's really nice Mm -hmm. Um, big fans are quieter it turns out yeah yeah like um (laughs) if we can give a little behind the scenes of how these reviews came together (laughs) Uh, we shot like my my camera guy that I had here. Oh, excuse me, dogs. Uh, the camera guy that I had here. We shot uh, some like fan footage of the Series X for your review, Dev. And mm-hmm. when we were shooting it, I didn't know what your angle on that footage was, and I was like, "It's been really quiet for me." Does he want it to like kick on? Is he waiting for? Does no. he need like footage of this fan really going strong? I, I was worried that you were having fan problems. No, no, no. Um, but no, like, it was. I can't hear so anything. So silent. It's amazing. Exactly. 
Yeah. And that's exactly both both the camera guy and I were like, this is quiet. I hope this is what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, thank you guys for doing the extra work to get that. This uh, all these reviews have been a great collaboration between Jess and I and our editor, Aaron Saporis. So there's a lot of work that went into them. Please go read these reviews. Mine is probably one of the longest reviews I've ever written. It's over thirty five hundred words. I normally like short reviews, but a new console deserves a lot of thought. And Jess, like I know yours, you put a ton of work into yours as well. This has been a busy week. There's so much going on. Uh, let's have a normal person, a normal human being, ask us some questions about these consoles. Ben, I know you had some like pressing concerns. So yes, here are some questions from a normal person who <laughs> is lower information on everything. And, uh, you know, I would, I'm just a consumer who'd like to be educated a little bit. <laughs> so how does Quick Resume work on a software level? Like how does it suspend multiple games so well? So it actually, as far as I understand, it has a like a bubble in the in its storage cache. It has this little bubble where it basically places these games on pause. It takes like a mm-hmm. section of the game that you're playing and it puts it in this storage cache and just kind of lets it run. It's so it's always running in the background. Um, there is a limit on the number of quick resume games you can have running, but it's limited by the size of that cache. So like yeah, if you're yeah. pausing a bunch of big games, you'll probably only get a few. You know, maybe you won't be able to get like six or seven. Um, But like, if you have a bunch of smaller games, maybe you can pause six or seven at a time and really Mm -hmm. flip between them all if they all have quick resume. So yeah, it's just kind of putting it in this little separate area and just putting them on pause kind of. Yeah. And I think it's worth saying how quick it is too. Right. So for me, like moving between gears five and red dead redemption Two, um, under five seconds, like Mm -hmm. you, you choose the next game, you see a flash of the title screen and then boom, you're right back into where you were with gameplay. That is, it's not instant, but it is very fast and is much faster than booting a game back from its title sequence, clicking through the main menu, choosing your save file and all that stuff. Like that is all for a person like me who has very limited game time, because when I'm not working, I'm baby, I'm doing baby work or I'm spending time with my family. Like there is no time to game. I cannot just sit and wait for a game to load for a minute or two minutes. Thank you, Red Dead Redemption 2. Yeah. Okay, here's another question. I was watching your video review, Jess, and you were saying how much you like to talk to your house and (laughs) um, how nice the voice commands were. But, like, where is the real value in them? Because it doesn't seem like it's integral enough to the experience. It just seems like a fun doodad. Sure. And I think it is, honestly. So actually, Devendra mentioned uh, earlier kind of how Xbox dropped the ball with the Xbox One generation. I think a lot of the ideas they were proposing at the beginning of the Xbox One generation, this always on console, this this connect Mm -hmm. that was listening to you and responding to you in a natural way. These were all good ideas. They just sold them totally poorly uh, they they did not have a clear message, and honestly, I don't think the that the world was quite there with them. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't. It was pre Alexa, pre Amazon yeah. Echo. We weren't there. Not, yeah, it wasn't happening. So these ideas mm-hmm. were new, and they were they were not what everyone was wanting. So uh, now that we have these consoles, of course, voice <laughs> assistants work with them, right? This new generation, it totally mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, it's it's definitely just an extra. It's not like a necessary component of either of these systems, but I love just the flexibility. If I end up walking away from my console while Spotify is on or something like that, I can yell at it just like I yell at my (laughs) Google 
to pause, you know, which is uh-huh. something that I naturally want to do in my house. So it's just it's just a more natural kind of integration into your into your existing mm-hmm. network. Uh, and I appreciate that. I think it's just uh, thinking about what's what's already there instead of it's not really offering anything new at this point. Right. For sure, for sure. And you're, you're talking about speaking to it through your existing smart speakers. So right. the Xbox itself doesn't have microphones or anything listening like the Xbox One did. The Kinect was sort of like that listening device at that point. And you could do Xbox on. Um, I'm yes. not sure. I, I thought I wasn't sure if that was an option on this one, but it hasn't worked. I, I say Xbox on, it doesn't <laughs> turn on. So I'm going to say it's not. No. Uh, unless you do like your the name of your voice, uh, the name of your smart assistant plus Xbox on right. maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I haven't actually played around with those because right, my system is in the basement right now. Yeah, all my voice assistants are on are upstairs, so it hasn't no. been super useful to me. But I'm glad you're using it, Jess. And I named my uh, my Series S. I named it Small Xbox, so I get to tell my Google to turn <laughs> small on the Small Xbox. It's very cute. Yes. <laughs> uh, the yes Xbox on is just reminding me of that. Please drink verification can thing that was <laughs> flying around. Um, uh-huh the internet several years ago. Um, so in terms of like media storage space, I have a switch and um, you can delete all but the save files of a game in order to save some space and maybe install some new games. Can you do something like that on uh, Xbox? I mean, you could, but it's actually, it's a lot less work because I assume if you have one of these systems, you either will have Game Pass or you will have Xbox Live. It really doesn't make sense to have these consoles without one of the the subscriptions. And if you do, then you've got cloud saves, baby. So just delete what you want. Your saves will come back. And I've actually found that super useful moving between generations because when I reinstalled Red Dead, when I reinstalled games I've been playing on my One X, just works. It's just automatic. So you could do the individual thing if you don't want to pay for a uh, subscription. You can delete the game. You can take the saves and back them up to like a USB or something like that. So you have a little control there, but you really don't need the nitty gritty. Like if you're paying the low subscription fee for these services, cloud saves are great. Cloud saves will save your life. Okay. And last question. I haven't played Control but I hear that Control is like the te- pretty much the tech demo game. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of chugged on the last generation. It kills last generation. It's bad. It, yeah. it is Destroyed technically them. a last generation game. Yeah. Like it was out for the Xbox One and PS4, correct? Yep. Mm-hmm. So how does it render? How does the <laughs> Xbox Series X, especially the higher end model, render particles in Control? I don't think it has, so it just, yield, you well, can talk about it, but I will say it hasn't been updated to take advantage of the new hardware. Right, right? so we're not playing yeah. the the optimized version, but we are playing mm-hmm. the upgraded, so the Series X version is going to be upgraded yeah. from Xbox One X, and then the Series S is upgraded from Xbox One S. There's a huge difference between both of these games on both of these consoles as it stands mm-hmm. without the mm-hmm. optimized version. Um, so yeah, the particle effects on Series X, though, I mean, just the, the whole game on, on Series sure. X, it's beautiful. It looks really good. It looks so crisp. I haven't had any issues loading or playing. Um, Series S, it runs just fine as well. It's a little less like delicate. It's a little fuzzier and just, you can see more like textures and stuff, uh, but mm-hmm. totally plays just fine. Uh, it's been, Is it- I've really been enjoying Control. Is it 30 FPS, Jess, you think, like from the 1X on, optimization? I, th- I, they couldn't make 60. 
with that hardware? I wouldn't think so. I would no. Okay. I would think it's probably 1080 30. Gotcha, gotcha. And Control is a game like yeah. I've been playing it. Yeah, I played it on my PC and like I would look over and look at gameplay footage from the consoles and I'm like those poor poor console players like my god, how are you living like Control was going 15 to 20 frames per second at some point. It just looked like it was killing poor Xbox Ones and PS4s. Like they were just struggling. Um, one thing we didn't really talk about, by the way, is the difference in frame rate that we're really seeing with this generation. So I just want to make that clear. Last generation games, and certainly the PS3 and Xbox 360 era, it was really 30 FPS. Like that's what you were aiming for with consoles. That was, you know, the NTSC video rate. Like that was the standard for a while. Um, but then HGTVs came around and all of a sudden, like they were refreshing at 60 hertz. So more like a computer monitor and some games uh, in the last gen, especially with the One X, were able to reach 60 FPS. They look so much smoother. They look like it's as smooth as butter. It's something PC gamers have been. That's like the standard for PCs for the past decade. So now consoles can finally, hey, dog, consoles can finally get there and get there reliably and in some cases get there in 4k and i think that is pretty fantastic like that's a transformative change just because games just look so much smoother uh i can't there are some games that will still run in at 30 fps in 4k on the on the one x i can't do that i cannot play in 30 fps anymore and it's not just like you know privileged pc gamer thing like to your eyes naturally your eyes respond to faster motion smoother motion if you're controlling something, you need that higher frame rate. Like it's just, it's a requirement. One interesting thing is some games on the Series X uh, and Series S support 120 frames per second. So it's even faster. And that's something only newer TVs typically do. So, you know, if you if you have an HDTV with HDMI 2.1, those have been coming out this year. Some from last year also had 120 hertz, but not at 4K. Uh, that faster refresh rate is great for multiplayer. So in Gears 5, when I'm jumping around, like you're, you're doing a lot of rolls and tumbling in gears and a lot of like sniper zooms, the sniper zooms felt so good. It was as if like the analog stick was an extension of my thumb. It's just so smooth, so instant. Like that delay is what you're paying for. And it's great. I just hope more games take advantage of it. And at least 60, like 60 FPS, that's where you want to be. Uh, I don't know if you have like any preference, Jess, but if it's ever between choose 4k or choose 60 fps i will always go 60 fps yeah frame rate's gonna be i mean that's just what's gonna make the games feel feel and play better i think i think Mm -hmm. anyone that that tries the the switch will will notice it um i mean these consoles are capable of hitting 120 frames per second but we're not gonna see that for a while like (laughs) this is not this is not happening especially on the s i just don't think that's Mm -hmm. really viable did you did you try gears multiplayer because the s can do 120, but at a lower, lower resolution. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just not really worth it. So, um, like 60 <laughs> frames per second, that's totally fine for me. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, any other questions, Ben? No, I was especially curious about Control because that seemed like the one of the more interesting Such a games. Good game. You will love it's Control, really Ben. I know, I know the things you like. You will love Control. Uh, everybody, go play Control. Like once this, yeah. once the election hellscape is over, and we'll get into that. Dive into control because it's a good narrative to really just get lost in for a while. Okay, so on top of new consoles this week, um, just a little thing happening in the good old USA. uh, We're we're having an election and we're actually in the middle of the election as we're recording this at 1140 a.m. Eastern on Thursday morning. 
we are in flux. I don't remember what it felt like to be in like a leadership flux like this. But at this point, I think like it's pretty clear Biden is going to win. I don't want to jinx it, but we're we're only a couple like electoral votes away. Um, but a lot is changing. There, there's so much happening. One thing I really noticed is that this just feels like even more so than 2016, uh, a campaign season that's been led by disinformation and not just from foreign actors, not just like Russian companies trying to disrupt the U.S. population. Uh, a lot of it is just people sharing stuff they see on Twitter because they're doom scrolling and just are so anxious and they got to like get more information out there. Uh, one PSA I will give to everybody because I'm telling this to my friends. Try to stay offline. Try not to just doom scroll, which is just like sitting on Twitter or Facebook or whatever and just seeing everything come in because that is how misinformation starts spreading. Like you'll feel something, you'll retweet something, you won't know the source. And I've seen a lot of things from fake accounts just get pumped up really quickly because people are at home at night with nothing to do and just doom scrolling the hell out of things. So watch out for that. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Uh, but we have a couple tech stories through um it actually popped up right after election night. California passed Proposition 22, which classifies gig workers as contractors. This is something you've probably been hearing about over the past year just because uh, it has some, you know, it means some meaningful changes in the way. Well, actually, it doesn't mean changes. But if they didn't pass Prop 22, the California would have had to identify gig workers, so Uber drivers, Lyft drivers as full employees. So that means they had to give them full benefits. That means they had to take care of them as like a typical employee, now they're in the contractor you know, classification. So they don't need as many things. Um, the companies aren't required to give as much, although I believe as part of this healthcare, like they at least got healthcare to be a part of this, um, I think a minimum wage. Uh, but I've also talked with a lot of people who aren't gig workers, uh, freelancers, uh, you know, people who write for websites. And a part of this too was uh, Prop 22, um, a part of it was limiting the work that they were able to do because prop 22 in a way was sort of like reclassifying their work. Um, it's all very complicated. Uh, one thing I'll say about this just because I'm non California and I'm not seeing this. It does seem like the messaging for this was all over the place. So I talked to people who during their Uber rides or their Lyft rides, they would get pop-ups within the app that were like, Hey, please support prop 22 to give our workers more rights. Like Uber and Lyft were really positioning as a way that, it is strengthening their workers rather than, you know, not treating them as properly as they should have. And I think realistically too, like if all these companies had to treat all these drivers as employees, they would either have to fire a ton of people or go out of business because of the way these companies work. Uber, I believe is still not earning a profit. Like these companies are all VC backed, um, just trying to do as much. I don't know. Like they're, they're trying to reshape our economy in a way and they were being called out for it. Prop 22 was sort of the way they have, uh, confirmed what they're doing. They're not changing much. Jess, do you have any thoughts about what's going on here? Yeah. I mean, it's, Mm -hmm. it is an interesting, uh, it's an interesting situation in terms of like, you're right, Uber, Lyft would be shut down if if yeah. they had to treat everyone like a full employee, if they had to offer full benefits and everything. Uh, that's not how their companies are designed. That's never how they wanted to work. Um, and they're, yeah, they're going to fight tooth and nail to not have to do that. So this isn't a surprise necessarily. I, I don't think anyone was shocked by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, hey, maybe I'm not in California either. Maybe you were shocked. There, there were a lot of people that. who were like, 
actively Counting pushing on. against it. So, yeah, and yeah. I get that. I get yeah. the push. Yeah, absolutely. I get that. Um, I, I think the solution is not going to come from Uber or Lyft. <laughs> These companies are not going to be the ones to treat their employees uh, fairly. Like they're, we've seen this time and time again. So mm-hmm. the push needs to come from the employees and people around uh, to get this stuff done. Um, yeah, I hope they have a few more protections now. But yeah. seems like seems like overall. It's business as usual. Yeah. Just from what I've seen, these companies have spent hundreds of millions of dollars to basically keep workers classified like this because, yeah, they don't have to provide as much to them rather than figure out ways to give that same money, you know, to the people to support them better. Um, It's uh, it's a complicated situation because I've also talked to some gig workers who are fine with the way things are right now because they look at their Uber driving as sort of a way to supplement their income. And there's give and take with all this. I just think like overall, I'm a big fan of worker rights. I'm not a big fan of how these companies have basically treated their workers like crap. Um, When I was in New York, New York was very adamant about like treating Uber and Lyft in a very specific way, right? In New York, um, not every random citizen can be an Uber driver. You actually have to be a licensed taxi driver or not even taxi driver but a licensed like livery driver i believe you got to get registered that's regulated and it's not perfect but i always felt safer to just using those services in new york rather than whenever i go to la or somewhere and it's just like it's some guy in their ford fiat and you're like okay am i safe here i don't know i don't know anything um so there's that one thing another thing that we wrote about is um Massachusetts voters passed a right to repair expansion that opened up car data. And I think that is it's it's a thing where it's not like something that's going to affect how you fix your gadgets, but it gives mechanics, it gives, you know, DIY home fixers a significant amount of access to the telematics data in their cars. And that's just that's super useful. It's uh we've been seeing this being pushed uh, right to repair across the country, across the world, really. And it's something that I'd like to see more of just because these companies um, more and more are locking down systems. So <clears throat> our devices are getting more closed off. Uh, you can't actually dive in there and you know fix individual components. So a lot of times if that means like, think of like how you'd repair a Tesla versus how you'd repair a normal car, you got to go through Tesla. You got to get their approved support. You got to do it their way. If somebody wants to save some money and do it on their own, you really can't. So I do believe in the freedom of right to repair. I'm glad Massachusetts is taking that step too. Jess, any thoughts? Yeah. I mean, in my house, we have a an 80s Jeep, you know, that my that my boyfriend's <laughs> always working on. Like he's just uh-huh. constantly tinkering. And you can't do that with these new cars, even like my car mm-hmm. that isn't they're like computers. Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. There, it's yeah. just like, it's a different, it's an engine with a computer in it. Yeah. So um, no, I, I think that's that's necessary. We need to be able to to own the things that we buy, <laughs> I think, in some way. So so yeah, I'm into that. And let's also be clear, uh, specifically with right to repair. Like, mm-hmm. it's nice that we have the ability to fix cars this way. Especially like, okay, Massachusetts, that's fine. The big thing with right to repair, especially in the heartland farming states, is yeah. actually the ability to repair tractors. Tractors, like baby. John yeah. Deere wow. is starting to lock down its wow. tractors. 
Um, and so people are getting like off-market parts from Eastern Europe <laughs> to be able to repair their own stuff on their own terms. So they don't have to wait around for three days for the local licensed John yeah. Deere repairman yeah. to come to their farm. It's a really significant thing that we're going to see a lot more of in the I future. hope so. I hope so. Like repairing a tractor should not be the same as repairing your iPhone, you know, where it's this little perfect little glass box and nobody knows how to get into it. Um, I'm all for it. Uh, actually, just just recently, like I'm, I'm dealing with dishwasher troubles and it's the sort of thing where uh, now I have to take care of every single problem happening in my house and like either pay for it to get it fixed or try to fix it on my own. I bought a little $20 part. We put in the piece. Um, it did not actually fix everything. But I do like the ability that I was able to, we were able to like get a part in and see if that would fix. Uh, now at some point I'll have to call a repair person. But yeah. Hey, flexibility. We want people to repair their gadgets. One thing I want to shut out as well, uh, Portland, Maine voted in favor of banning facial recognition. And it's one of many U.S. cities. Um, believe Boston, San Francisco, and Oakland have already done it. Portland, Oregon has not done it. I feel like that's where it would probably be really useful, right? Just with everything going on there and a lot of the protests. And oof, I, I cannot imagine how uh, we've already seen some reports about how police and law enforcement are using facial recognition. And uh, we talked about, what was it, Clearview AI mm -hmm. and its ability to instantly locate somebody from a photo. Uh, that's the danger. So I, I like that we're seeing more cities going against this we at least need to like as the citizenry have an understanding yeah. of what technology is in use and like that's what <laughs> concerns me with a lot of these stories we see is mm -hmm. it's these these uh organizations coming out and saying oh we have been doing this we just didn't tell you <laughs> or or yeah. we've been doing this but they're actually doing something else and it's like just i i want transparency mm -hmm. we need to know how we're being watched and and how we can avoid it if we don't want to be watched like that's yeah i yeah. think that's a cornerstone so yeah absolutely. It's even, this is only going to be more important yeah it's even scarier when the law enforcement is doing it too because you're like you want to know hey everybody wants to feel safe but i don't want to feel monitored like i'm some like um some prisoner on an island somewhere um the not just uh clearview ai but also we've heard about this around amazon's ring cameras uh, especially the ring doorbells, apparently like they were pushing ring with law enforcement and uh, cops were pushing citizens to install ring devices and then they would use ring data. It's a whole thing before you buy a new thing, especially if it has a camera, especially if it has a microphone, research a bit about the downsides, about how your data is being used, because it may be doing something you don't like. Absolutely. Stay informed. And when they make it yeah. hard to stay informed, that's when I get worried. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We got to keep them honest. Yeah. Let's move on to what we've been working on. Um, you, you guys know what we're working on. Like I've been buried in console stuff. Jess has been buried in console stuff for the past week. Um, I do want to shout out a couple of things. Uh, we launched our holiday gift guide, which is something we run every year just to help people, you know, find, find out the best gear that you actually want to give out. I wrote up something about the best laptops and tablets to gift. Um, we've got stories about gifts for PC gamers, gifts for kids and smartwatches and things like that. Uh, just head to Engadget.com or search for Engadget's 2020 Holiday Gift Guide to get started there. Um, it's a lot of cool stuff. I'm a bit I'm a bit of a deal hound, so I also like to pay attention to the stuff we're recommending and jump on them when we can. Um, as always, folks, like 
maybe wait until Black Friday, wait until like we're having big sales before you jump on any of these. Uh, but it's good to have some guidance because I'm a crazy researcher. We're also gearing up for um, yet another freaking Apple event that's happening next week. And I think all signs point to Apple finally showing us laptops uh, running its own processors. And I am, let's just say I'm very eager to see how this works because uh, I feel like Intel and AMD are a little worried at how well Apple is going to do just building its own hardware. It's going to be a fascinating thing. Keep an eye on Gadget.com for that. Jess, anything you're working on? Uh, A lot of console stuff. Yeah, it's. I'm just in. I'm in console. Uh, I want to say hell or heaven. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. More PS5 stuff. Uh, you know, coming eventually. More PS5 stuff coming. Okay. Well, how about this, Jess? How about a pop culture pick from you? Mm-hmm. What has been helping you stay sane over the past several days, the past week? Ugh. Um. Yeah. So I actually talked crap about the HBO Max app in my in my uh, Series S review <laughs> because it's just okay. every every console that I use the HBO Max app on is trash. The app is not mm-hmm. good. The UI sucks. You can never just yep. find a show page. You have to it's so it's it's a mess. Uh, but that said, I've been watching a lot of HBO Max. Um, so like <laughs> I just binged all of Insecure, which is fantastic. I'm watching so Search good. Party. Um, but I just finished The Vow. And it's that documentary on the Nexium cult. Uh, and it was long, <laughs> but very good. It was it was fascinating. It's just I like I like this kind of true crime, you know, stuff. So uh, just seeing how how people can be manipulated, how we can all be manipulated mm-hmm. um, and how just seeing it play out in that kind of real time. Really pretty cool. Great. Uh, One thing uh, I've been trying to think, like, what has been keeping me sane? Because I've basically been sitting and writing every night nonstop since Saturday. So my sense of time and everything is all distorted. Uh, One series I did start watching is The Queen's Gambit on Netflix. And uh, just want to shout out, like, it is it is fantastic. And I didn't think I'd be super into it because it's a drama about a young woman who is a chess prodigy. But it is... um, it's based on a novel. I forget the author, but he's written, you know, some some very popular books that have been remade as well. Uh, but it's about a girl who has been orphaned uh, as a young child. Her parents die in a car accident. She's sent to an orphanage. Chess is the only thing that can help her be herself. But uh, while there, apparently back then, they used to give kids tranquilizers in orphanages because they didn't want them to act up. So they created a whole generation of kids who were just like little tranquilizer drug addicts and that's a thing she's dealing with her entire life i think it's really it's a really good show it's a great drama um and it stars anya taylor joy uh as the as the girl in uh in her adult form because we see a bit of her as a child too and i love her as an actress anya taylor joy she's been in a ton of horror movies lately she's a big up-and-coming star so check out the queen's gambit i know it's super popular in netflix so a lot of people are probably already watching it and uh also if you listen to my uh, movie and tv podcast we'll be talking about that next week at some point too i'm gonna have to check All right. that out yes it is really good it's yeah really it's, good. it's been okay. recommended to me like crazy <laughs> <laughs> it is about games. It's about gaming and I, game, right? the competition of gaming. Yeah. All right, Jess and audience, thank you so much for joining us 
to talk about the new consoles and our post-election malaise. Our theme music is by game composer Dale North. Our outro music is by our very own managing editor, Terrence O'Brien. The podcast is produced by Ben Elman. You can find me online at, at Davindra on Twitter. Uh, I podcast about movies and TV at the Slash Filmcast at SlashFilm.com. Uh, we just launched a Patreon. It's very exciting. We're going to be having all sorts of new content. So go check that out. Jess, where can we find you online? I am at Jess Condit on Twitter or at Jess L. Condit on Instagram or on Engadget.com. You know where I am. Great. Email us at podcastandgadget.com. Leave us a review on iTunes and subscribe on anything that gets podcasts, including Spotify. Thanks, folks. We are out. Here, oh, excuse me, dogs. <laughs>